Who is there for heroes of the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans? And who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran Programs comprise their in-the-line-of-duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is educating kids kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that has historically delivered sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Shoulder to shoulder, shields high. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. Team, welcome to the Freedom Hunt Friday, January 6th edition of the program and... Friday, so we got some things to discuss, like the second year anniversary of January 6th, Biden talking about this today and doing the usual, uh, trying to browbeat Republicans into abandoning everything that they uh, believe and stand for because of a riot involving a thousand people that was over in a couple of hours. We're all supposed to just sit around and uh, do whatever we're told as a result of this. I say no. We'll discuss that. More stuff going on on Capitol Hill. I think they're on vote 13 or 14 or something now. And I think it's 13. 
Uh, looks like there will, in fact, be a speaker soon because a bunch of the holdouts have gone toward the McCarthy count. And then also, what is Biden's trip to El Paso on Sunday likely to bring about when it comes to immigration policy and the discussions about illegal immigration that are underway right now? But let's start with this January 6th situation. I I want everyone to be reminded of the context in which uh, January 6th happened. You have a couple of major historical events that are swept aside, swept under the rug, ignored as it pertains to January 6th. One of them is the months of BLM riots that occurred before it, where the Democrat Party overall, they didn't condemn them. They were saying they were mostly peaceful, even when they were burning down buildings. They were saying they were uh, about racist police, even though there are lies that the left constantly tells about police violence, particularly against police violence against unarmed unarmed black men, the exaggeration that they engage in when they talk about how often that actually happens or how systemic that problem is. But the country in 2020 was in the midst of a pandemic, and it was while everybody was scared. It was while people and frightened by the government told to stay in their homes, told that they should shut up and obey or else they would lose their life or perhaps even the life of a loved one. It would be their fault because they didn't mask up properly or whatever. It was in that moment that the BLM riots began once again. And we were told that that was necessary for public health to allow those riots. You couldn't protest lockdowns. That was a violation of lockdowns. But protesting racist police? Um, this is an emotion that's pretending to be a, a policy argument. This is people who want validation for their anger, their rage against the system or against whatever it may be. Um, but that was what the BLM movement really did, and it made everything worse for everybody, as I've said, uh, particularly for uh, uh, African-American males in this country as a function of numbers and statistics. Far more, uh, far more murders, far more assaults uh, after the BLM riots than before uh, all across the country. And we also had a 2020 election in which people boarded up stores and were prepared for massive. Remember, the BLM riots in June and July of 2020 were believed to be and they continued even into August in some places, but they were believed to be a preview of the massive riots that would occur far more destructive riots would occur if joe biden didn't win the election and you don't have to take anyone's word for this you go back and see there were store owners there were businesses who were boarding up and were preparing for the the storm that they believe was to come if donald trump the president in office was to be reelected. so that election was held under duress Uh, duress in a number of capacities, but certainly from the threat of left-wing riots, Biden voter riots that would have happened and torn the country up if Joe Biden hadn't won, if the uh, the absolute imbecile mediocrity Joe Biden hadn't become president of the United States. And then there's also, because they're going to lecture us a lot today, I mean, Joe Biden certainly did it when he's speaking about January 6th, 
there are going to be a lot of lectures that are given tonight on the left-wing cable news channels about the attempt to overthrow a president or a, a would-be presidency with Joe Biden. And I'm sorry, but I remember that it was Democrats who spent three years as the real collusion, as we know, was between the Democrat-aligned media, the Democrat Party, the Hillary campaign, elements in the FBI, elements in the uh, CIA and the intelligence community, director of national intelligence office and probably the DNI himself, tried to undo the 2016 election with a massive lie. Uh, what, what would they call it? Let, let's say they were successful and they told a big lie. It was a big lie about Donald Trump that he colluded with Russia to steal the election. Let's say they were successful in uh, with that lie getting a removal of Donald Trump from office and a prosecution prosecution under the uh, DOJ and under the special counsel's mandate to pass along a determination or a, a designation of whether they think there should be a prosecution. Isn't that a soft coup? I mean, it's all a lie, right? So they're willing to undo an election by telling a crazy story about Donald Trump. They're willing to undo an election by saying that Russia collusion happened when no sane person really believed that. And we are supposed to forget that and ignore it. On January 6th, this is the only riot that Democrats ever talk about. And this is the only time, it seems, that Democrats are deeply favorable toward law enforcement and believe very strongly in in backing law enforcement. Okay. So we look at all of this and we find ourselves seeing, I think, a tremendous amount of hypocrisy and that's never something that is enough when you come to Democrat. When it comes to Democrats, hypocrisy is who they are. They don't care. They're not embarrassed by it. Sure, we're aware of it. We pointed out, but they have the power to get away with it is the real point. That's how they really think of it. And their hypocrisy with the riot of January 6th versus all the other riots, all the other political pressure, all the other lies and abuses of power they've engaged in to deny election results as they did in 2016 as it did in 2000 as well, to deny election results and to have interference in the election, which certainly happened, certainly happened in the case of the social media companies actively colluding with Democrat elements in the government. Blatant First Amendment violation to make sure that a Democrat actually won the presidency. So that's what I think of on January 6th. Uh, and, of course, there's going to be the wild exaggerations about, oh, my gosh, it's worse than 9-11, worse than Pearl Harbor, all these things that they say, which are outrageous, honestly, deeply outrageous and stupid, but I think meant to be. Because if you're willing to say that January 6th was worse than 9-11, as some respected Democrat talking heads and politicians have, or so-called respected or you know among Democrats, if you're willing to say that, I think you're willing to say basically anything. I think that there is no outer limit to the degree of crazy you will spew. And so that really at least allows them to prove their fealty to the party. It proves their loyalty to the Democrat cause. If they're willing to say that, what are they not willing to say? Right? What are they not willing to, uh, to push as part of the lie? So I do think it's important. Uh, I think it's important that we 
see this for what it is. And let's also be very honest with the fact that if Donald Trump is the Republican nominee, this will be a centerpiece in their effort to defeat him. Now, you can say that it won't matter. And that's an argument that we could have or that's a debate that the Republicans can have and, and will have. But this gives them something that as much as you and I may see it as an exaggeration, may see it as it just talking about it and the propaganda that comes from it exhausts independence. It exhausts people who are swing voters. They go, oh, God, this again. All right, fine. You know, I'll, I'll vote for anybody as long as you stop talking about this stuff. That's a big problem. That's a big problem uh, going into the 2024 election. Now, let's talk about the uh, situation in Congress right now where they've got, oh, my, we're on the 14th round of voting here. Um, I feel like I was one of the earliest ones. If you go back in the show, certainly two days ago, I was saying it doesn't really matter. It's all going to be fine. I'm hearing a lot of people say that now. Uh, the latest, as you might know, as you hear this, is that a, a all but um, six voters uh, six Republicans, I should say, have gone with uh, Kevin McCarthy. So there's a very a smaller group of holdouts now than there had been before, and it's very unlikely, I think, that this will continue that much longer. I spoke to Anna Paulina Luna today about what this is really going to accomplish. Got some general statements, but she said because of the negotiations, she wasn't going to give me specifics on what they're trying to achieve with all this. So that's something that we have to take into account here. Um, but look, I, I, I think it's we, we are fighting with the Democrat left, with these commies who are doing so much to undermine not just not just to push bad policies, but to really undermine our American civilization in a lot of ways. We have to have a battle hardened and ready to go Republican Party for 2024. And that means there are going to be some uncomfortable conversations. There's going to be fights. There's going to be arguments. There's going to be pushing people around a little bit. And that's a necessary part of this. You know, if you're, if you're preparing for a big fight, you got to spar. You got to train. You got to sweat. There are things that have to be done in that process. Uh, so I think this is all just a, a part of that. And the, the freakouts we've seen, oh, my gosh, it's chaos. Because members of Congress are talking for a couple of days, making speeches, having votes on the record. Isn't this what they're supposed to do? Oh, no, I see. Congress is actually supposed to vote for 5,000 page bills that spend trillions of dollars with all kinds of laws and, and no one has any idea what's in them. That's what Congress is supposed to do now? That's what it has devolved into? Well, the answer is yes, that is what it has devolved into, but where are we on this in our future and what's happening? Why do we want this to continue? If we want it to stop, we have to come up with, with a way, I believe, to make it stop. And then there's uh, a Biden visit to the border on Sunday. This will be interesting. You're going to see a lot of talk about dreamers, I'm sure. You're going to see a focus from the Biden administration on aspects of immigration that are either the most sympathetic or the most opaque, meaning most difficult to understand really what's going on. What you will not see is a concerted effort to do interior enforcement to deport people who stay in the country beyond when they're legally allowed to. I mean, I think of all the laws that I have to obey that I think are really stupid and all the, you know, the uh, paperwork I have to do and the you know, registration of this and that with the government and the paying of taxes. And no one even knows how much, how much they owe in terms of taxes. 
they hold you to account for laws that are so complicated and so obviously skewed towards certain interests without respect to whether or not this is fair. And yet when it comes to illegal immigration, we're supposed to just forget that the rule of law is a thing. And you have now 15 to 20 million people who are in the country illegally. At least some would say it's 30 million. And I I won't argue with them because I think the number is substantially higher. I know it's substantially higher than the government's official numbers, and I think it's even a lot higher than some of the estimates of people who recognize that this is a problem. So Biden will go there and he'll come, uh, he'll give a speech maybe on Monday or Sunday, probably on Monday, Sunday. He'll do the Sunday shows. Talk about how there's the borders in crisis and it's broken. You know how they're going to say we have to fix it? Amnesty. That's the way that they say this gets fixed. That's the only way they say it gets fixed. And a part of that amnesty is to streamline even further the processing of illegals coming into this country. And at some point, we're going to have to have, speaking of the Republican Party, we're going to have to have a conversation about whether or not we are a sovereign nation if we don't have control of our borders. You know, at some point, that has to be where we turn our focus. And I think we're heading toward it. We're hurtling toward it faster than anybody realizes right now. Appreciate you rolling with me. Uh, Have a great weekend, and I'll be back with you on Monday. Shields high. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. Hero first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country. Those who die in the line of duty or are catastrophically injured. Veterans who fought for our nation's freedom only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo, New York firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young children, catastrophically injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that has historically delivered sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. 
This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.